Hey, sports fans, and welcome back to another episode of EPSN, and I'm your host, Emily Paulson. I am super excited today to be back on my podcast grind, and I'm super excited to just finally pour into this, and super excited because there's so many different things happening in the sports world right now. Very, very excited. To catch up on me a little bit, I know it's been a whirlwind so far since our last episode. I feel like I've spent so much quality time with family. I got to go home for winter break for most of December, and now I'm back at school and full swing of softball season, and it's been so much fun, but I am definitely looking forward to starting games and going to our first tournament, which is down in Orange County, um, February 3rd through 5th down there and I'm super excited we're playing some really good teams in Concordia Irvine and Cal State Dominguez Hills and they'll be such fun games and I'm very excited to start the season with my teammates I think we'll be pretty good this year and that's what's really taking up most of my time right now start classes I'm in a lot of my business classes right now so enjoying those from a switch up from journalism so I'm excited to be doing something new And Happy New Year to everyone out there. I hope your New Year's all were fun and hope you guys had a good Christmas and whatever you celebrate, happy holidays to everyone out there. And looking forward to next month. And I can't believe it's almost under January already. So this weekend, I want to start out with the NFL playoffs. I know there's been a lot of highs and lows for a lot of fans uh, this past weekend and for the weekends before that a lot of fans had their hearts broken the wild cards games including myself when the Chargers lost against Jacksonville when they shouldn't have that was a tough one tough pill to swallow but there's always next year right um anyway (laughs) to skip on from that I want to talk about the games that actually happened this weekend in the NFL playoffs all good games Except for the first one that I'm going to talk about. The Eagles-Giants. The Eagles rolled the Giants. I mean, I this was not a game that I was really looking forward to. If anything, this was the game that I was the least looking forward to this weekend. And it turned out to be that way. The biggest questions we had going into that game were if Jalen Hurts were gonna be, was going to be healthy or not. And I feel like he answered most of those questions for us. And I feel like now the biggest question is whether or not their defense can hold up for this next coming week. But he is healed, in my opinion. He looked good out there. He rushed the ball. He passed the ball well. He moved. And he even got tackled a couple times where I was like, ooh, how is his shoulder? And he seemed he seemed good, at least of what I could tell. And I feel like he silenced everyone who was made like, oh, he's not going to play well because he's hurt, blah, blah, blah. I feel like he did a pretty good job of, Standing up to those people and being like, yeah, I'm healed. That bye week really helped. And I, if they hadn't gotten the number one seed, it might be a different story because they would have had to play last week. And I think that extra week definitely helped him heal. But I wasn't worried about their offense. It's more so their defense. And they didn't really have that hard of a struggle against the Giants offense that's average. I mean, Daniel Jones has been playing great. Don't get me wrong. But and Saquon Barkley has been doing decent. They just don't have enough weapons, and their defense was definitely not good enough to stop the Eagles' offense. And I thought the Giants were lucky to get to the divisional rounds anyway, in my opinion. They got a not an easy game against the Vikings. They made it seem like that, but 
the Giants got lucky in the sense that the Vikings were lucky all season. They won like 11 of their 13 games by less than a touchdown. It was insane. They always won on so many late calls, last-minute field goals, and a lot of their wins came back in fourth-quarter comebacks. So I think the Eagles' defense didn't have a tough matchup, and that will be completely different this coming weekend when they play when they play the 49ers. So I'm looking forward to that game this coming weekend, but the Eagles-Giants was by far the worst game this weekend, and good thing it was the first game. The second game I want to talk about is Kansas City. Chiefs versus Jacksonville. That was the other game that I was like, oh, I don't know, because I was also bitter about the Chargers losing. And then on top of that, Jacksonville is playing Kansas City. And shout out Willie the Wildcat because he's a big Chiefs fan, but I hate the Chiefs. I want the Chiefs to lose so bad, and then it would make the Chargers look better because Jacksonville beat them and blah, blah, blah. But that didn't happen. And Kansas City still showed that they can win even without a healthy Patrick Mahomes. He suffered a high ankle sprain in that first quarter of the game. He ended up going out super mad about it on the sideline. You can look up video for that. It's pretty funny. And they put in their backup. And then he came back, though. He played through it. I thought he looked fine with it. He was definitely less mobile and stuff. But what are you supposed to do when you have a high ankle sprain? <laughs> so he won't be fully healthy against the Bengals in this upcoming weekend. But I think he'll still... I mean, he's still going to play. He said outright that he's going to play no matter what. But the takeaways I can take from this game against Jacksonville is that even though he may lose his ability to move out of the pocket and not cut and make those moves and trick plays that sometimes we see Patrick Mahomes do, he's still a good pocket passer. That's why he's an elite quarterback and one of the best in the league is because he can do both. He can run. He can throw. He can make those plays, last-minute decisions, and... I mean, you're taking away his run game a little bit with this ankle injury, but they have enough other weapons to compensate for that, and he is a good enough pocket passer to still be an average, maybe even above average, definitely above average, actually, offense. So I think they'll be good for this coming weekend, but we'll, we'll get to the games this coming weekend after I talk about the games this weekend and what we learned. On the flip side, looking at Jacksonville, I was surprised by them all season. I'm not going to lie. At the whole Urban Meyer thing, I didn't really have that much confidence in Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if any of you guys did, but I didn't think he was that great of a quarterback at the time, especially during that first season. It was rough. Rough. And I just never thought, I thought that he'd be a, your average quarterback in the NFL, someone who is going to win 50% of the games, you're going to have a 500 record, maybe maybe make the playoff from time to time, but definitely not win a playoff game. And I was so surprised when they beat the Chargers. Am I still bitter? Yes. I, this is my third time saying it, but I am, and my opinion is valid. So, But, I, I mean, when you come back from that big of a deficit, the third largest deficit in playoff history, which was awesome. Uh, it shows that you have character. You can pull your team together. You can make those wins. And it, I think it separated him from being an average quarterback to a little bit above average or separated himself from the rest of those quarterbacks in his class. But Trevor Lawrence was way better than I thought. And to be honest, Jacksonville could have won this game against Kansas City. It was a close game the whole way through, and 
The offense had two turnovers and three possessions in the second half, and they had a chance to win. They could have won, but, I mean, that's young. That's what it comes back to. This team is super young, and Jacksonville will be good in the coming years, especially if they get more weapons around uh, Trevor Lawrence and maybe build their defense a little bit more, specifically their cornerbacks. But I thought they did a great job against this Kansas City offense, and even though Patrick Mahomes got hurt, Jacksonville will be good next season with Trevor Lawrence again and another year under his belt, another season. And I love Doug Peterson, their coach. He's great with those young guys, and I think he'll help them be good again next season and make it to the playoffs again. The next game to talk about is the Bills-Bengals. I wanted to watch this game so bad, but I had softball, so I couldn't. So I got to watch the fourth quarter of it, which wasn't as impressive. But then once I saw the score, when it was 24-10 at the end of the third quarter, I was like, oh, maybe I didn't really miss that much because the game wasn't close. And when I went back to look at the score of when they scored, 14-0 after the first quarter, I was like, oh, okay. Bengals came out sharp. It didn't even matter that it snowed in Buffalo and cold and wasn't a home game for them at all. They were unfazed by the outside noise and emotions surrounding the last time they played each other, which... Didn't actually happen because of Damar Hamlin. Prayers to him. Super glad that he's okay. And he even got to see the team before the game started, which was awesome. But, yeah, the Bengals used every one of their weapons in this game and came out on top by a lot. I mean, personally going into this game, I thought the Bengals were going to win. Josh Allen just hadn't been playing at the same level. Joe Shiesty had been playing super high level. They have so many weapons. Their defense has been playing better. And the Bengals used Joe Mixon to their advantage. He carried the ball 20 times in this game for over 100 yards, while the Bills didn't use the rush at all, it's, which I was a little bit surprised by just because of the weather. But I mean, I get it. Josh Allen, it's home game for him. He understands the snow. He threw for over 40 times in this game. But he was also their top rusher carrying the ball eight times. I think they're actual running back, I can't remember his name at this time, he only had eight carries too. So, I mean, the Bills just really only relied on the passing game, and with Josh Allen not even playing very well as of late, I thought that was a poor mistake on theirs, and I get it. The Bengals run D is pretty good, but at the same time, you should try something else out. The Bengals just had too many weapons, though, and they play well in cold weather since they are from Cincinnati. It gets cold there too, so... Once they got ahead early in that 14 nothing in the first quarter, there was no looking back for them, and very excited to see them play this upcoming weekend. The last game, last divisional game from this weekend was the 49ers and Dallas Cowboys. Shout out to Uncle Mark and Uncle Robert, two huge Cowboy fans. Sorry about another disappointing season, but bright side, the Dallas Cowboys did have a road playoff win. So... But then on the flip side, Dallas is has the longest drought right now of making the playoffs every year and not making it to his NFC Championship game. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, I mean, the 49ers are legit, man. They are really, really good. And even though this was kind of a boring game just because it was pretty low scoring, the 49ers defense is just so good. So, so good. They have so many guys on that line. Their cornerbacks are good. Defensive backs are good. Their line's good. Like, 
they're stacked to every position. It feels like there's not one weak spot in their defense unless they literally mess up and they lose coverage or trip and fall, it feels like. So, and their run defense is really what's so, so good. They're legit. The They're really good at stopping the run. I mean, they held Ezekiel Elliott to 26 yards on 10 carries. Don't get me wrong. Ezekiel Elliott is not the same as when he first came into the league. You can't. The Dallas Cowboys can't rely on him as much as they used to, and they really need to get another good running back and more weapons for Dak Prescott. But they held Ezekiel Elliott to only 26 yards on 10 carries. And Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott basically had the same amount of passing yards. The difference in this game of why 49ers came out on top was their defense, of course, but also time of possession. The 49ers had two long drives that both ended in scoring scoring drives in the second half, which made it hard for Dallas to get anything going. I mean, when they, they hold time of possession for most of the second half when the game's close, I mean, it's hard to A, be on the road and try to get something going. But on top of that, not even have the ball at all, which makes it 10 times harder. So the 49ers are legit is what I get from this game. And I was a little unwary of Brock Purdy and stuff. I know he's been doing really good, but just the rookie quarterback nerves, divisional game, he, he did fine. Him and Dak Prescott had literally the same stats in this game. I think they each threw for about 200 yards. And Dak Prescott is much more experienced than Brock Purdy. So that was something to take away from this. But to look at Dallas going into the offseason just a tiny bit, what I was saying about Ezekiel Elliott, they got to find another running back. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's still a good running back, don't get me wrong. But he, you can't rely on him. He's not going to be a game changer for you in any way, really, these days. And... Dak Prescott has his one weapon of C.D. Lamb. They haven't really replaced anyone for Amari Cooper ever since they traded him. And they got to get some more weapons for him. I mean, look at their the Eagles. They put all those weapons around Jalen Hurts, and look how much better he is now. So the Dallas Cowboys this offseason, I think they'll be fine with Dak Prescott, but they got to get more weapons for him. I really think their defense is fine, too. It's more about the offensive side, and don't get me wrong. They score a lot of points, but when they get against a good defense like the 49ers, even though the 49ers literally have the best defense in the league, they, against any top five defense, aren't going to win because their offense is good enough. So they need to get another weapon on the receiving side. And to cap that off, they also need a new kicker. I really do feel bad for that Dallas kicker. I don't even know his name, but he missed so many extra points and... I feel like that guy is going to have a rough off season. <laughs> Looking ahead to this weekend, though. Oh, I'm so excited. These games are going to be so, so good. I mean, I love NFL season. I just, I don't even have, like, someone who I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a diehard fan. Like, I want to go to the game. I went to my first NFL game. Over Thanksgiving break, shout out to JJ. He took my dad and I to a Seahawks game against the Raiders. And my dad is a huge Raiders fan, as you guys know. And the Raiders won in overtime. And we were in the end zone where the 12th man is, right in the, especially in the nest at the Seahawks at Lumen Field. And 
Josh Jacobs got the run and he broke through and was running right towards us. And it was a moment I'll never forget. My dad literally went crazy. Melissa and JJ next to us, not very happy because the Seahawks lost, of course. But look who went to the playoffs and who didn't. And the Raiders are pretty bad. So anyway, that was a really fun. And that was the first NFL game I'd ever been to, which I feel like surprises a lot of you. And it was so much fun. And I can't wait to go to another one. I really want to go try out those other stadiums. I really want to go to SoFi Stadium where the Chargers play because that new stadium I heard is really, really cool. I want to go to the Raiders Stadium, the Allegiant in Vegas. I would love to go to, like, Arrowhead for Kansas City, even though I don't really like them. But it's for the experience, right? Anyway, though, I'm so excited for these games. These NFC and AFC championship games are going to be, might call this now, some of the best ever in playoff history. All four of these teams are legit. They all have such good weapons, at least average defenses. I mean, you're not going to be in this spot with a poor defense. And they all have really good offenses. The first game I'm going to talk about is the NFC Championship of the 49ers at the Eagles. Because both one seeds won in the Eagles and Kansas City. And sometimes when they come off that bye week, when that other team has already played a week of games, it's a little tricky, hit or miss sometimes if they play well. So both number one seeds won. So it's 49ers at Eagles. This game is 12 p.m. Pacific time, so noon, on Fox. And right now the spread is Philadelphia is favored by two and a half. I think this will be a great game. Great defense versus great offense. And the flip side, I think it'll be kind of 50-50. But I think it comes down to if 49ers defense can stop Jalen Hurts. This will definitely be the toughest test Jalen Hurts has had to face all season. And if the 49ers can stop him, whether that be through the air, but I think the biggest challenge will be stopping him on the ground. I mean, Jalen Hurts uses his run game so much, and it's so valuable to this Eagles team because it really widens up the field for them when he becomes a more of a pocket passer. People rely on him so much, and all these defenses really cater to his running capability. But if he can get his run game going in this game, I think the Eagles have a very, very good chance of winning and pulling this out and going to the Super Bowl. But if the 49ers can stop him on the ground, then I think they'll have a pretty good time winning this game if he's only can pass the ball. And this works into favor of the 49ers. Their run defense is so, so good. So I think that's the thing for 49ers to stop him on. But if the Eagles want to win this game as well, they have to get Jalen Hurts' run game going. But they also have to keep George Kittle to a small amount of yards. George Kittle, a lot of, if you don't know, he's a tight end for the 49ers. Really good guy. Really, really talented. He brings so much life and spark to this team. And going, don't get me wrong, Christian McCaffrey is there. He's really good. Debo Samuel, there, really good. But people always stop them. I mean, they don't really think about tight ends. I feel like tight end is such a position that is hit or miss that teams don't take advantage enough of. And if you look at track record, the teams who take advantage of their tight ends a lot are usually pretty good. Think about Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, 49ers, George Kittle. I mean, these are elite uh, tight ends, and they produce so much offense for these teams and just give them another look, another another run, another blocking, and they open up the field for those running backs and for those wide receivers because it's just one more weapon to think about. So I think if the Eagles can keep George Kittle to a minimum, 
then they'll, they'll do pretty well. And even think about this for 49ers fans. Shout out Kent Wagner. He's a huge 49ers fan. And my teammate Issa, who's from the Bay. Huge 49ers fan. I think the 49ers are winning this game on the road. Even though it's on the road in a cold Philadelphia, I still think they can win. Because I think the 49ers defense is just too good. They're one of the best defenses I've ever seen in the NFL. And I know that's saying something, but their defense is so, so good. And even though the Eagles just crushed, literally rolled over to the Giants, it is not the same defense at all. The Giants gave up 38 points to them. The 49ers only give up about 16 points per game or less. So, they're not going to really score that much. Um... And the thing is, if the 49ers end up winning this game, there's a potential for Jimmy G to come back for the Super Bowl. They're not going to play him. But he'd actually be a backup to Brock Purdy, which, to be honest, I don't even know if the 49ers have a backup quarterback since they're on their third string. Looking at the other championship game this coming weekend in the Bengals at Kansas City, the AOC championship, which is the second game of the day on Sunday, 330 Pacific Time on CBS right now. Cincinnati is favored by one point on the spread by Vegas Oddmakers. But the weird thing is, is that when you go into ESPN or any of those different sites, it has Kansas City has a a 60% chance or something, at least 60% chance of winning this game. Even though in Vegas, they put the scoring as Cincinnati is favored by one point. So this game is really split. I mean, the last time these teams met, the Bengals pulled out a win in Week 13, 27-24 at home. This time they had to go to Kansas City. I mean, it doesn't really matter too much for them, both these teams playing cold weather. I'm not really worried. Arrowhead is very, very loud, though. It's one of the hardest games to play in NFL. But I'm not too worried about the Bengals having to go on the road. The Chiefs will be out for revenge, though. I mean, this is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. The Bengals went. The Chiefs lost. Wasn't supposed to happen. It did. Joe Burrow became Joe Shiesty. What What more can you say? The Mahomes will not be 100% for this game either. But still a very tough task for the Bengals' defense to stop him. And Travis Kelsey. I think they can do it, though. The Chiefs, even though they're 7-1 at home this year, I don't think they'll pull this out. And here's why. Joe Burrow has been playing unbelievably well. Jamar Chase, fully healthy now. Joe Mixon, been playing really well. Expanding their offense, expanding those different looks that defenses have to deal with. Their defense has been playing pretty damn well too. So, I think the Bengals pull this out. They have so many weapons. And they all start with Jay. Jamar Chase, Joe Shiesty, Joe Mixon. I just had to throw that in there. Anyway, if Bengals can protect Burrow in the pocket, I think is how they end up winning this game. I mean, both defenses are going to have tall tasks of stopping each of these elite offenses, but I don't even think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to the Bengals protecting Burrow. I know they've invested into him, but they're really banged up on that line. They've invested into making their offensive line better to protect him, but if they can protect him and give him even just like two seconds longer in the pocket, they will go to the Super Bowl in back-to-back seasons. Will they win? I have no idea because we don't even know if they're going to win this game. 
but this game is going to be so good. Like, I don't even know which one I like better, to be honest. The Bengals at Chiefs or 49ers at Eagles. But I think they're going to be very different games. Keep in mind, I think that first game of 49ers at Eagles will be very defensive heavy, like low scoring, something like that Dallas Cowboys game. I think something in the range of 24, 21, something below 30 points. Each team will have below 30 points at least. And I'm... More on the high end. I think it's going to be somewhere in like 21 to 18 because the 49ers defense just doesn't give up that many points. And then on the flip side, in the afternoon game, the AFC Championship Bengals at Chiefs, that game will be extremely high scoring. I don't really think either of these defenses will have enough time to prepare, let alone stopping both these elite offenses, and it's going to come out to who can get that last scoring drive and win the game. Anyway, um, moving on to our next subject, my favorite thing in the whole world, college football. I know it's a little late to be doing this, and I'm really sorry. Been off my game, but we're back on it. Podcast grind, as I said in the beginning. We wrapped up the 2022 season earlier this month and came out with Georgia as the top dog. Their national championship game was a drop-off compared to the semifinal games. I mean, keep in mind, folks, literally the national championship game was probably the Ohio State-Georgia game because both those teams were really good. And I'm not taking anything away from TCU. They just did not play well in that championship game and are just not at that high level as Georgia is. Only loss coming to K-State in the Big 12 championship was TCU, but yeah, so they had a great year. Go Horn Frogs. But did this year's playoff show Big Ten isn't that great? I mean, they got two teams in. Usually it's always the SEC, so it's kind of surprising. And Damon Matter in that Big Ten championship game, even though Michigan won it, Damon Matter because they had already beaten Ohio State, but Ohio State still got in. And they put up a good fight against Georgia. Almost could have, maybe should have won against Georgia. But Georgia pulled it off, right? Sensen Bennett, all those guys, Kirby Smart. How are you going to beat them? Michigan did not live up to expectations, though. And I know rumors had been going around about Harbaugh going to the NFL. He's not. He's staying at Michigan, which kind of surprised me. I thought he might go back to the NFL because I feel like that's what he really loves. But... Who knows? He must like Michigan. I think more teams in the playoff in starting in 2024 will help settle the differences between these conferences. I mean, we debate every year if, like, should the team conference get two teams in? Like, that's so unfair because somebody's not a conference champion and blah, blah, blah. It goes on forever, this debate. So I think having these 12, this 12 team playoff will definitely help for settling which conference is better or if they should have gone in, something different would have happened. I want an 18 playoff, but 12 team is fine too. Uh, every single conference champion will get in and then they'll be at large teams. Bowl games are also starting to become uninteresting, I've realized, except for the playoff and those big six games, unless your team is in a different bowl game. Guys are opting out left and right, and they're leaving early. 
There's even people opting out of the playoff, which I don't really understand. I understand if it's not a big bowl game and you are the best on your team, but still. Why would you opt out of the Rose Bowl or a playoff game? Like, seriously, you are that concerned about getting injured that you don't want to go help your team win a championship or the Rose Bowl. Or the Sugar Bowl. Anything, really. I think it's silly. And the other thing to keep in mind about bowl games these days is that it's not determined by who is ranked higher anymore. It is about who cares about the game. So next season when it comes around to bowl picking time and you're making bowl picks, maybe in picker leagues, I don't know, whatever you like, keep in mind of who cares about the game more. I know this advice is a really ways in advance, so come back to this if you want it. But there's one thing you take away. Take away that it's who cares more about the game, not who's higher ranked when you go to pick these games. Tulane, USC, for example. I know USC cared about this game, don't get me wrong. But who do you think cared about it more? Tulane. Tulane. USC, I thought, was maybe going to blow out Tulane. Because I really did not think Tulane was that great, and I thought they'd been ranked way too high each year. They definitely exposed my opinion. They played really well, and it was a huge game for them. Like, if you think about it, Tulane had been so bad in the past, and this game was huge for them. Like, they cared about so much. They ended up winning 46-45. Not by a lot. It's not like they blew USC out of the water or anything. They came back and won. But this game mattered way more to Tulane. And we always say at the end of each year, bull games matter for conferences and shows who's good. But when it comes at time to compare what conferences did better, I swear all of that goes out the window. People don't actually keep in mind anymore of like, oh my gosh, this conference is so bad. And then we look at their bull record and it says, should say something, but then it doesn't. The ACC had a good bull record, actually, which I was surprised by. They went 5-4, and four, 12 and 9 teams in it, and they went 2-7. and seven. They had the worst record by anyone. And the Big Ten went 5-4. and four. Pac-12, sadly, went 3-4. and four. But some of those losses came when they shouldn't have. And some of those were big wins. The SEC went 7-5 and five in bowl games this year. The Big 12 is on the downhill. Sorry to break it to you fans who have teams in the Big 12. Losing Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC in 2024... I mean, don't get me wrong. Oklahoma and Texas will be crushed in the SEC. Literally crushed. It will not be pretty. It'll be like Vanderbilt. But, yeah, Big 12's on the downhill is what I've taken from the bowl games this year. And looking way ahead to next season, because I love college football too much not already to think about next season. I mean, it's only like, what, 10 months away? Which isn't that long. Nine months away. <laughs> I think the Pac-12 will be extremely good next year. And I know, I'm a little biased. I'm from the West Coast. I'm a huge Duck fan, as you guys know. But I think the Pac-12 will be so good. On the uptick is what they say. UW will be good with Penix back at quarterback again. Oregon will be good with Knicks coming back in the second season for Dan Lanning. And think about it. The Ducks had to go to Georgia this year. I went to that game. It was there. It was not pretty. Don't get me wrong, so don't even get me started on it. But that game was in Atlanta. 77,000 fans there. 70,000 of them were Georgia fans. It was not 
a neutral site field is all I can say. I was there. I have my opinion, and I was literally there. So, but anyway, yeah, Oregon will be good again with Bo Nix coming back, Dan Lanning second season. Oregon State will be really good again. They're getting DJ Ugalele from Clemson. Great pickup for them. I was so shocked that he went there, actually, but they're making that program good. I mean, they'll be good next year again. Utah gets good again. I mean, they were this year, but they'll be good again. They get their quarterback back, and they get a couple more guys who are returning again, who I didn't think were. USC will be good again with Lincoln Riley. UCLA is always decent with Chip Kelly. That guy has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. But looking at the other conferences, Georgia will still be dominant. I know, huge question mark at quarterback position without Stenson Bennett anymore, but they'll still be good. It's Kirby Smart. The real question is, though, will Alabama come back stronger? Is the Nick Saban era dead? It was so funny. At that national championship game, They, if you watched, they had Nick Saban on as one of the speakers at the booth of College Game Day, and someone said, I can't remember who said it, whether, I don't even think it was David Pollock. I think it might have been Joey Gallo. Anyway, they were saying how Georgia was the top dog in the college football and that they're the new top dog and Nick Saban's face went completely blank so many memes were made of it on TikTok and on Twitter and stuff so you should go look it up but it's pretty funny and I know this is so far after what it when it happened but it's so funny to me because I think Nick Saban is starting to realize like holy cow I think Alabama's coming to an end I know he probably doesn't want to say that out loud but like uh, these other teams are getting all these great recruits, and Alabama has been kind of slipping each year. They're still really good, don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean. And one of the other teams who I'm really interested to see next year is Tennessee. I feel like I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the SEC and Pac-12, but the Tennessee, I want to see if this year was a fluke year. I know they've been getting better and better, but... I feel like Tennessee was so hyped up this year. And don't get me wrong, they played well. They had a great quarterback until they tore ACL. But I feel like it might have just been a fluke year and it, they weren't actually that good. So I will be very excited next season to watch him play their team play and to see it, how well they do in the SEC again. That is all I have to talk about for this week. I am super excited to be back on my podcast grind. I will be uploading every Monday, so stay tuned for that. And don't forget to follow the EPSN podcast on Instagram and subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from. Please go watch these NFL games this weekend. And I know I didn't touch on NBA, which I will in the coming weeks. Don't get me wrong, because NBA season... But I felt the need to talk about football. It's what I, my true heart desires and how much I love it. So please go watch these NFC and AFC championship games this weekend. They will be totally worth your three hours of watching. I'm super excited to be doing this every single week from now on. And don't forget to tune into WWU Athletics and WWU underscore softball on Instagram to 
continue with updates if you want to see how our softball team is doing, to see games and updates. You can even go onto YouTube and find live streaming to our games if you want to watch. And I'm super excited for softball season to be starting. I feel like you can hear it in my voice. And I think I'm mostly excited to go to the sun. (laughs) We get to go to California and Hawaii, so I'm very excited. And please leave comments on what you guys want me to talk about and reach out if you would like to be a special guest. I would love to have you guys on here to debate and talk sports. I know my dad will be joining again and I know some other folks really want to join and maybe even some Club Juvie episode again would be so much fun. And leave comments on what you want me to talk about. I usually just come up with these on my own and whatever is happening in the news because sports is changing rapidly every day. But I would love to see what you guys want me to talk about and debate and share my opinions on. So you can do that on the EPSN podcast, as I mentioned, on Instagram. And you can follow for more podcast updates on there. Have a great week of sports watching and good luck to all those NFL fan bases who have teams in the championship games this weekend. And shout out Willie the Wildcat this weekend for his Chiefs. Good luck to them and good luck to Kent and Issa for their 49ers. And enjoy your week, sports fans. This is another episode of EPSN. Thanks for tuning in.